0: Blob Talk Radio Blob Talk Radio Blood Talk Radio
1: declare it and say it's not so far away, but it's here right now, today. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, give the Lord a Thank shout.
2: You. Thank, you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Mighty, mighty Jesus mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Yeshua, thank you, Jehoshua, thank you, mighty Lord, mighty God, thank you, Jesus, amen, thank you, sister, well, shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister, welcome. To the Lord's hour, this is your whole brother in Christ, brother LV Sapata. Thank you, Lord. By the mercy of God, we are back. Amen. We're back on the air. Thank you, Lord. It is all in God's timing, perfect timing. Amen. Shalom, family. Shalom. Hallelujah, Sister Regina, Sister Wendy, the Lord's servant. Hallelujah, Charlie. Shalom, brother. Shalom to each and one of you, those listening on the cell phone on the computer shalom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God is good and his mercy endure forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. It looks like they're still working on Block Talk, but they it looks like they also done a great job in and getting things uh done in regard to hallelujah. Things look a, a little different for sure, but you know, thank you Lord. Uh, it, 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 it seems like it's working. And that's what's important. My brother and my sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thought we will be raptured by this time uh, before we got back in the year with the things that are happening. My brother and sister, but it's all in God's timing, God's perfect timing. No, one, no man knows the day and hour. Jesus said it. And it is that way. So, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We are still here. I mean, there's still time to do the work of God, and we're saying amen to the Lord. We're not quitting. We're not quitting. We're not quitting. Amen. Let the will of God be done and not ours, my brother and sister. Amen. We're going to be in heaven for, for an, an eternity with him and beyond. So, what is our worry, and what is our concern? My brother and sisters, when we are going to be up there for so long, my brother and sister, why, hallelujah, will we worry ourselves? No, we should not, but we should trust the Lord. And all this, my brother and sister, as the preacher, the son of David King in Jerusalem, this is what he says, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanity, it is all vanity. And we know we value so many things in this life that we, hear, we hold dear, but God says they're vanity, they're vanity. Amen? That means that the only things that are valuable that remain forever is everything that is in heaven from God to us. My brother and sister. For what profit have a man from all his labors, which he does under the sun? One generation passes away, another generation come, but the earth abideth forever. Amen. And even when God destroyed everything on the earth, the Bible says there's no place for the earth and they flee from the presence of him that stood up on the throne. Revelation 19. So my brothers and sisters, Revelation 20, what is our concern? What is our worry? Why do we live like we need to run somewhere? Instead of just trusting in the Lord, we're on thy heart, not leaning on our own understanding. Okay? What is tomorrow without God? And if we have a tomorrow which we do, it's in him. He takes care of our tomorrow. May God help us to have peace in him. And to trust in him and to wait upon him, my brother insisted, so we can live in peace. The psalm also rises and the sun goes down, hasten to his place where he arose. It's like when something ends, something also begins. When an elder dies, a child is born. And the same repetition of that elder that passes on goes back. Even if he gives a life to Jesus, at the end of his days he go to heaven. A new child was born, given the same opportunity to receive Christ into his life, my brother and sister. But this is a repetition. So in all this, it is to trust the Lord and not to lean on our own understanding. My brother and my sister, I had had like three or four revelations. I was taken to heaven last week. And um, right when the year began, my brother and sister, I was taken to heaven. I believe it was the day before it began. And I began at the end of the year 2013 to ask, ask God, how come we haven't seen no judgment that he has spoken through his prophet? It's like I was questioning his words. After the sun, and after my prayer, I go into sleep. I'm out of my body. An angel comes to me from the Lord, from the throne. The angel comes and says, Elvie, come with me. They are waiting for you. As I, as the angel grabbed me, put his hand around my waist, and be, began to fly up with me into heaven, we we were there in a matter of second, a second or less, as we arrive in heaven, my brothers and sisters, he bring, me, he bring me to this place where there were other angels there. And I remember in one of the Anna Rountree books, she talks about this angelic meeting that she was brought to, where I was being brought to the same place. For some reason, I said, I want to be taken to that place. Next time I go to heaven. But as I was thinking this, it was like a prayer that went right before God. So God wanted to bring me there. And immediately I found myself there with this angel. The angel laid me down, and the angel began to say to me that God's spoken word is the maximum authority, he says. But listening to what this angel was saying, there were other angels looking at me and saying, why would they question God's words? Why were they? And, and, and to the angel was a concern that we down here are questioning what God is saying. The spoken word of God through his servants, the prophets. My brother and sister, and I said to the angel, look, God has said these things to the prophet, but we have not seen them come to pass yet. And the angel were concerned of our concern, because it's our concern if it's not by faith. So the Bible says that the righteous should live by faith. And if we're not living, walking by faith, having the mind of Christ as the Word of God says, then our concern are not by faith, are more of doubt and unbelief. My brother and sister, you can study God's word. You can study the word of God of the prophet. You can go ahead and research everything God has said. But you're not doing that so you can come less of a believer. and so you can grow and learn in your faith. For your faith to become stronger in the Lord, to grow in faith, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the angel question to me is, why do you question us? Why do you question what God has said when God's spoken word is the maximum authority? Thank you, Lord. And there, like your our obligation is to believe what God has said, because the righteous should live by faith, because so that's the only way we please God. Because without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. That He that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And that daily is, is that daily is daily repentance, without daily repenting, how can we get closer to God? When Jesus said, repent, when he began his ministry, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the message of Jesus. That was the message of the disciples. That was the last message of the apostle Paul, repent. She so even Repent ye therefore, or ye will perish. Because without faith it is impossible to please him. God has called us to be believers in Christ. The believer in the book of Acts were called Christ-like, Christians, because they spoke like Christ. They spoke of Christ. All they said all day long was Jesus, Christ, the Messiah. That's all they talked about when they went anywhere. So this is why they were called Christ-like Christians, my brothers and sisters. And we are Christ-like on the earth. Jesus being the light of the earth, Jesus said to the church, ye are the light of the earth. Because we're like him. That's why they point when Jesus was arrested to being crucified one of the servants recognized Peter as being like Christ because he walked like him. He dressed like him. And Peter denied the Lord three times, my brother and sister. And the rooster was the prophet that reminded Peter of what the Lord had said, my brother, early in the morning. Hallelujah. I don't know who God is using as a prophet in your life, But God can use a rooster, an animal, even when we are so wrong by his mercy and grace. My brother, and sister, God help us. God help us because we are in the last days. Let me tell you what happened when we don't believe. Let me show you in the Bible what happened when we don't walk by faith and we only walk in, the, in, the, in our own imagination, in our own disobedience, my brother and sister, Exodus 32, we're going to see ourselves in the life of the children of Israel in the wilderness. That if we don't learn to wait upon the Lord, if we don't learn to trust on God and to believe God and walk by faith, We're going to fall back on idolatry, on sin, and on disobedience. My brother and sister, if we're not wholeheartedly serving the Lord. Exodus 32. The Bible said that the people saw that Moses delayed to coming down out of the mountain. Out of the mount. And the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Arise, make us God which shall go before us. For us, for this Moses, that opinion of his people, is a disrespect. Because Moses was a prophet. He was a man of God. And the way they're speaking about Moses, who was a prophet, who was an anointed called by God. Anointed men of God, it tells you the disrespect that people will come to to God's people, to God's prophet. My brother and sister, when people are backsliding, when people go into sin and disobedience, and the problem is not with us, it's with God. But we are the intercessor in their behalf. For this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what had become of him. If they were trusting in the Lord, they will surely know what became become of Moses. Moses was in the presence of God, receiving direction and guidance from God himself. Nothing bad happened with Moses. And nothing bad can happen to Moses in the presence of God. Nothing bad can happen to you and I in the presence of God. We will be blessed in the presence of God, my brothers and sisters. We will have God protection. Thank you, Lord. The presence of God is our assurance. Hallelujah. Listen, Psalm 16:11. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, they are pleasured more. Moses was enjoying in God's presence his pleasures. Life was going through him and out of him. In the presence of God Fullness of joy Moses was full of fullness of joy In the presence of God My brothers and sisters At the right hand there are pleasure forevermore Moses was more than fine It was going right with Moses in the presence of God So what was their concern? What was their concern? What can concern them about Moses? He was fine because he was in the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. But even back in Genesis four sixteen, came Cain went out of the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of out to the east of the garden. He went and dwelt with giants, fallen angels, when he went out of the presence of God, that's happening today with our government and the people that are rejecting God, the Gospel, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That dwelling with giants, that dwelling with fallen angels, they're being guided. Our government and the people that are living God with by fallen angel like Cain. My brother and sister, Disney cartoon have a, a song that says. We're going to the land of Noah, where Peter Pan and them are, fallen angel, fallen Nephilim. my brother and sister. That's what happens when you get out of the presence of God. You're going to fall into idolatry, demon worshiper. You're going to fall into the hand of the devil, my brother and sister. Let me keep reading to you. Verse 2, And Aaron said unto them, Break off thy golden earring, Notice is that when you come out of the presence of God, it's all about gold now. It's all, it's all about your possessions. You're going in which there are in our ears and are your wife, your sons and your daughter, and bring them unto me. Huh? You are going to lose more than what you're willing if you get out of the presence of God in the last days. We are in the last day before the return of Jesus. How do we wait for Jesus? We wait in the presence of God. That's how we wait for him. Where there's fullness of joy, that's the Holy Spirit. Jesus says to me, I said, Lord, one time, how do I know that when you return, I will go home to be with you, Lord? I will go to heaven. He says, when I return, if my Holy Spirit is still with you, you're coming home with me. You know how many people are losing the presence of God? That fullness of joy is gone. That's the Holy Spirit. If the Lord comes and they don't have the Holy Spirit, they're not going home. They're staying in the great tribulation that is about to begin that Jesus said in Matthew 24, a tribulation that never been before and never be again. God help us. God help us to stay in the presence of God. Verse 3. And all the people broke up the golden earring which were in their ears. And brought them to Aaron. He received them from their hand, fashioned them with engraving tool. After he had made a molten calf, then said, These are thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. What an idolatry. The prophet of God introduces to them idolatry. Aaron. Aaron introduced idolatry. It doesn't matter who introduced idolatry into your life. You should not receive it. The Bible says flee from idol. Run from idol. Okay? Idol worshiper will not enter into the kingdom of God, the Bible says. Stay away from idol worshipping. And it doesn't matter who prophet, who pastor, who leader brings idolatry into your life. Flee from it. Shalom, brother. You need to understand that our God is a holy God. And that idolatry is a sin before his presence, before his eyes. He wants no idolatry in us, my brother and my sister. He wants a holy. He wants a clean. He wants a separated. Verse 5. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is the fear to the Lord. He began to mix. But was that fallen angel, well, teaching, he introduced it into the church at God's teaching. And that's happening today in the last days. Men are introducing fallen angel, idolatry teaching into the church and calling it God's teaching. God feast. You got to be careful. Aaron was the prophet. Moses was the shepherd. But Aaron is the prophet. Gotta be careful, my brother and sister. Verse 6. They rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offering and brought a peace offering. And people sat down and eat and drink and rose up to play. Hallelujah. They were getting ready for their stuff while being wrong before God. They were getting ready for the daily life while being wrong before God, not repenting of the evil that they were practicing, not repenting, hallelujah, of what Aaron had introduced into their lives, and finding himself now, hallelujah, and disobedient in sin. Oh, Lord God, help us. Oh, Lord God, help us. Because how can we escape? My brother and sister. Verse seven. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go ye down, for thy people which thou brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Oh, Amen. God might be thinking the same in the last day about people today, about churches, about congregations. That they have corrected themselves Hallelujah They're not ready for the Lord They're not ready for the Lord And there has to be In-house cleansing In-house cleaning And the cleaning Is not going to be pleasant Because the church May end up being closed forever My brother and sister When the Lord comes down on them the church could be no more. Hallelujah. Especially those that had missed the teaching of a fallen angel, the calf, a symbol of the devil. Although it was a symbol of sacrifice, we've seen that as a symbol of the devil, my brother and sister, a symbol of other gods. Introduced into the Feast of God, my brother and sister, the teaching of the feast. So now the people have been corrupted by the teaching that Aaron, the prophet, brought into among them as they asked for other gods. Notice that the feast now of the Lord. Hallelujah. When Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. The altar was not for God. The altar was for the calf they made, the cow. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. What does the idolatry of the cow has to do with the Lord? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing the feast of the Lord has to do with the cow. So why is he missing it? Because in the last day, churches have done the same. And God wants to show us that what is being done in the last day with churches has already been done in the wilderness, my brother and sister. But you're going to notice, as we keep reading now, how God feels about this matter. Because at the end of our walk, in the end of the days, is how God feels about everything. How God feels about our lives, that we walk right with him. That we do what he told us to do, that we obeyed him, that we committed our life to him. That's what matter. How do we serve the Lord? My brother and sister. Verse 7 And the Lord said unto Moses, Go thee down for thy people, which thou brought it out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Now, in people's opinion Today, this was not a corruption. They just need a correction. It's not a corruption. They just need a correction. But if you don't see sin for what it is, you may end up doing the same, justifying yourself. You need to see sin as a correction. And if we have it, we need to repent it forsaken it. My brother and sister. And at this very moment Aaron and the people are corrupted. But they don't see it this way. See, God is telling Moses that they were corrupted. But Aaron and them down there in the church, they're not seeing the corruption. They're not seeing it as a corruption. They're seeing it as doctrine. They're seeing it as the Lord's feast. They just mix the Lord's feast with idolatry and they don't see nothing wrong with it. The only one that sees something wrong with it is God. And what a problem when God rebukes you and you think you're okay. May God have mercy on us. So the Lord says to Moses, go thee down for thy people which thou brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Hey, remember that at this, this verse 7, God is revealing the sin, but according to Aaron and them, they're fine. It's just another church service. It's just another church meeting. Everything is well, life congregation, tithes and offerings are fine. Everybody's healthy, everything is fine. But God says, no, they are corrupting, my brother and sister's. My Lord, my God. Verse 8. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Notice. They're completely out of it. Although they think they're fine, the congregation is fine, they have a large congregation, the tithe and offerings are allah. They are wrong. They are out of the way which God has commanded they're out of the way. And I mean, out of the way, they're backsliding. They're in sin, deeply in sin. When you come to the level of corruption, that's you being deeply in sin and convinced that you're fine. My brother and sister, they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And it was quickly. They told Aaron to make them a cough, an idol which brought them out of Egypt, and Aaron said, "Gather all the gold, the earrings, everything you have, let's turn that into that God that you want, that took you out of Egypt. And they convinced themselves of what they were doing, and they thought it was fine. They were, they were out of the way that the Lord commanded them. And being out of the way is being out of Jesus. Not having the Lord no more in your life. And not having the Lord no more in your life is not okay. Not having the Holy Spirit in your life in the last day is not okay. I'm sorry for those that are saying it's okay. I'm going to tell you tonight it's not okay. And if you find yourself in that situation, you need to repent. You need to cry to God like you never have before. It's not okay not to feel his presence anymore, not to have his Holy Spirit in your life anymore. It's not okay. I have people lately confess that to me, and I feel very grief for them, very sad that they, they feel this way. My brother and my sister, and more than once I said this to me. Again, they have turned quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves more than calf and have worshiped it. They have sacrificed their unto and said, these are thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Notice how if you fall away, if you are backsliding, your eyes are fixed on someone else, on something else. That, that, this is what you need to notice if you're wrong or right. Who are you looking unto? Because the book of Hebrews said, looking unto Christ. Okay, looking unto him. Are you looking unto Christ or are you looking unto something else right now? You need to check yourself. This is a moment. This is a new year, 2024, where we need to check ourselves. Who are we looking unto? Because we're supposed to be looking unto Christ, and it's not that you have Christ. You say you have Christ, but you also got something else, like the children of Israel. Because immediately the feast that God gave to Moses for them to celebrate, they missed it with the worship of the calf, of the of the cow. They missed idolatry. We're part of the feast. And God said they have corrupted themselves. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. Help us. Help us, oh, Lord, that we don't come so far to this end. My Lord, to deceive ourselves. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a Stiff neck people. Hallelujah. Stiff neck is where your neck is so hard to bow, to move, to recognize God. Because remember how the the, the Jewish people move their heads back and forward all the time. These people cannot do that anymore. You know why they do that? As a uh, I believe it's in the law It's back in in the Old Testament Because I looked that up a few months ago My question is Why do the Jewish people move their head back and forth As they they read the Bible They move their head like this And I'm like That has to be in the Bible And I found it in the Bible I can't remember what it is now If someone does Please put it in the chat room And I found what the Jewish people move their neck But when you're stiff neck You cannot do that you cannot move your head back and forward. Your, your neck is stiff, hard, and that is a sign of disobedience. That is a sign of rebellion. That is a sign that you don't recognize God as your God anymore. You're serving something else. You're looking unto something else instead of just to the Lord. These people have become stiff-necked people. In the last days, we have a stiff-necked church. People are becoming stiff-necked in the last days, my brother and sisters, They're not bowing the head to the Lord. They're not serving the Lord anymore. That's, that's another understanding of stiff neck because you bow to him. You recognize him. You humble yourself before him. When you become stiffened, you cannot. You cannot. Gotta help us. Verse 10. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wash hard against them, that I may consume them, and I will make a great uh, 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 make thee a great nations. So he wanted to make out of Moses a nation and make it great, because Moses was great before the Lord in regard to his obedience and humbling himself. Moses was not stiffening. Moses had no problem bowing before the Lord. You can find in the, in the, in the five book of Moses that whenever the children of Israel came to complain, oh, your brothers are the, are, the, are, the, are the Egypt to die in this wilderness. Every time they came to complain, Moses and Aaron, especially Moses, he would go before the ark and humble himself, throw himself on the floor. He was not stiffen at all. And God calls that great in regard to Moses. So he says, I will make thee a great nation. God, to, Moses, to God, Moses was a great man, great servant. The Bible even said that Moses was faithful in the house of the Lord. Moses was faithful in the house of the Lord. Moses was a great man of God, to God. And God says about him, I will make thee a great nation. In other words, you will be married. You, you had children with your wife, and out of that family, out of your children, I will make a great nation, Moses, because Moses was obedient unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Not perfect, but he was obedient, and that's what God was looking. He was humble. God could make out of Moses a great nation. Now, whether Moses agreed that God, God was willing to do this, whether Moses agreed or not, it's another thing now. My brother and sister, verse 11, Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why dost thy wrath was hot against thy people, whom thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt, with thy great power and thy mighty hand? I don't know if Moses was correct in doing this. I have heard preacher preach about this in Moses. What Moses concerned was in regard to God, that Moses did not want the nation to accuse God of getting the people out of Egypt and then killing them in the wilderness, basically what Moses said to God. But at this moment, in my personal opinion, I don't think Moses is correct in this prayer. I'm sorry, I'm sure there will be people that will say, Brother Ovi, how can he not be correct? And I'm going to tell you why. Moses, I believe, was not correct in this prayer. You know, we can pray many prayers, and some of them cannot be correct, or many of them. Because while we think it's okay, it may not be okay with God. And I'm going to tell you why I don't think Moses was correct. Because none of the people that Moses is sitting here for made it into the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb made it. None of the other people made it. And God, at this very moment, wanted to eliminate they, them before they were continuing their own disobedience because God knew they were very disobedient. And I believe God, at this moment, is trying to, the, to deliver Moses from the disobedience that he was walking with, my brother and sister. None of them made it. So that alone tells me, the God already knew that they will not repent truly, that they will not humble themselves truly. So at this very moment, it was a waste of time, as we say in the last days, for Moses to continue with the people that God swear, according to the book of Hebrew, which was written by angels, God swear, Hebrew chapter three, they will not enter his rest. And for God to swear something, that's what it says in the book of Hebrew. He swear, He swear by his name, by himself, not him, by himself, that they will not enter into his rest. I mean, heaven. So if they were not going to enter into the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey, I mean, into heaven, heaven, talking about heaven. If they were not going to enter into heaven, because God swear they will not enter his rest, why will it be okay for them to enter into the the land that will flow with milk and honey? That will be a waste of time, because those people were going to die anyway. They were going to perish anyway, because God swear they were not going to enter into his rest. So why continue with these people? And I believe at this very moment, God is telling Moses that this is set for these people. They're not worth it to continue to deal with them no more. My, again, this is my opinion. My opinion on this, as I have researched the Bible and studied this, why would, why would you a people into a promised land that's not going to make it into heaven? My brother, my sister, look. Verse twelve. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, "For mischief did I bring them out to the, slay them in the mountain, and consume them from the face of the earth"? Turn from thy face, wrath. Repent of the evil, and thy, of thy people. Why will God need it to repent when God is perfect? God had never sinned, and God will never sin. You see the mercy of God here with Moses. God was not sinning. God had not said anything that he didn't know it was right. God is perfect. His ways are perfect. His law is perfect. The Bible says his law is perfect. So God will not say anything that will be wrong. He has 24 elders around his throne. They can verify every word that he says. When he speaks, his words are written in a book. He is perfect in all his ways. His law is perfect, my brother and sister. So why would he say something wrong that he needed to repent for? Again, he says, Moses says this, defending the people. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, for the mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountain and consume them from the face of the earth? Why would God care what the the sinner Egyptian, idolatry Egyptians, witchcraft and sorcery Egyptians have to say? God is perfect; His word is perfect. So why do care what the Egyptian has to say? But somehow Moses is concerned with what the Egyptian has to say. and insisted to slay them and consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of the evil." against thy people. Excuse me? Do you understand the mercy of God in regard to Moses' prayer? Because if you can understand this, now then can you understand the mercy of God with us, you and I, that we can pray, we can pray prayer and say things that my brother and sister are out of it. Because Moses is telling God to repent of the evil against thy people. What evil? There's no evil in God. My brother, God can only do good and not evil. He can allow evil. But how can God do evil? Well, he is holy and righteous and perfect. My brother, my sister, oh, my Lord, my God, help us to understand thy way, oh, Lord. Hallelujah. But notice the mercy of the Lord. Verse 13, remember I, Abraham, and Isaac and Israel, the seven whom thou swore by thy own self and said unto them, I will multiply your seed uh, as the star of heaven. In all the land I have spoken of will I give unto thy seed. They shall inherit forever. Now Moses began to add what God had already said into this situation. So the only thing that he's leaving God with is to have mercy. But to have mercy on a people that he swear they're not going to enter his rest. He's asking him to have mercy on a people that are not going to even make it to the promised land. That they're all going to perish in the wilderness because of the sin and disobedience. And God... It's like, okay, Moses, this is what you want me to do. You want me to have mercy on them? He's going to show mercy, but he, you're going to watch them right before your face dying one on one. And that's exactly what happened. My brother insisted. When, when the serpent began to bear the children of Israel and kill them, God told Moses to make a serpent and to put it high up on the mountain, upon the hill, a bronze, signifying Christ, is free, the feet of Christ, this enemy are under his feet. And whoever can get close to it, to look upon the cross, upon the serpent of bronze, will be healed, which signify Jesus on the cross. But guess what? to come from the countryside, the wilderness where they found themselves, all the way to the hill, you probably have to walk miles on feet to get there. And as you're walking, the serpents are biting you. And you have to do it by faith because the Bible is very clear, the righteous to live by faith. So all that five miles, three miles, 10 miles, 20 miles, you have to do it completely by faith. To get to, the, to get to the poor bronzes, the snake of bronzes, look upon it and be healed. But you first have to walk by faith. Guess what? What the children of Israel did not have? Faith. This, the Bible calls this a faithless generation. Faithless generation. So what do they have? No faith. And the problem is that you cannot walk this walk without faith. You cannot, or you'll perish on the way. And so the children of Israel, just to get to the serpent, a bronze, by faith, it seemed impossible. It seemed impossible. But guess what happened. The children of that generation who had learned to walk by faith made it to the serpent, the bronze serpent. The elder, of no mother made it. They all perished on the way. The serpent bit them. And they died because they were not walking by faith. None of them made it to the promised land. The same generation that Moses is here interceding for, not even one of them made it. Only Joshua and Caleb. All the other one, they all perish. My brother, my, the same generation he has gone out to destroy, was the same people that died. My Lord, my God. Verse 13. The Lord repented of the evil he sought to do unto his people. Hey, all right, Moses, I'll repent, I'll forgive him, okay? Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides. On the other side, the other where they were written, and the tablet were the work of God. The the writing was the writing of God's graven upon the tablet. Then Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted and said unto Moses, There is a noise of word in the camp. Moses said, it is not the voice of them that shall for Mastery, neither it is the voice of them that cry to be overcome, but the noise of them that sing, do I hear. So what is this celebration that Moses says he here? Because as people know sin is celebrated. Okay? Sin is celebrated. My brothers and sisters. Sin is celebrated. Hallelujah. And you, you see that on television when gays and ladies are getting married, you see a bunch of people applauding. It's celebrated. Sin is celebrated. So these people are doing the same. Sin is being celebrated. And Moses, Joshua can hear he does it probably being the enemy is overcoming, and Joshua didn't know what was happening. Joshua was in the middle of the mountain waiting for Moses to come down as Moses is coming down. Joshua is reporting back to Moses. I hear this noise like word is going on. But it was not word, my brother and sisters. It was since being celebrated. My Lord, my God. Verse 19. And it came to pass as soon as he came nine unto the camp, close, he saw that the cub and the dancing in Moses, anger was hot. He cast the tablet out of his hand and broke them beneath the mountain. What is Moses saying here? They're not worthy to receive the holy, laws of, the holy law of God. Because, again, the Bible says the law of God is perfect that will convert the soul. So Moses, knowing how holy God is, because he just came out of the presence of God, and he was touched by God deeply, he's coming down with the holy tablet of God, the holy word of God, holy commandment of God. He looked up the people sinning. Willingly, they're willingly sinning. And at that very moment, see the sin that they're doing, washing the, the, the cow, the cow, the cow. And Moses is determining within himself, these people are not worthy of this law, of this holy word of God. And decided to break it. My brother and sisters, isn't that what God tried to tell Moses up on the mountain? Let me God, Let me destroy them. But Moses decided to intercede for them. My brother insisted, when God already determined that they deserved to be destroyed, because they had corrupted themselves. Why did God speak this way? Because here's the thing. They have willingly done this themselves. This was not like someone made them do them. See, they chose out of their own will to worship a cow as the God that brought them out of Egypt, and that correct the soul. You see, and by correcting the soul, my brother and sister, this way, Hallelujah! God said, "Let me destroy them." Moses said, "No, God, don't do so." What would the nation of Israel say that you have brought them into the wilderness to perish? My brother insisted. If Moses would have said, God, you are holy God, you know true judgment. Only you can discern from good and evil perfectly. Only you can see right in all this problem. Do as you will. Do as you plan. Lord. And God would have brought a perfect, not perfect, but an a upright, holy and righteous nation. Which today would have been standing in the land of Israel and the nation they would have been alike to the nation. But when you pray and intercede, for so that that God say, Let me destroy, the outcome is different. My brother and sister, let the will of God be done. That's why Jesus says, I come to do the I come to do the will of my Father, not my own. My brother and sister. Why did he come this way? To teach us. That the will of God is perfect. It is not to be questioned and it is not to be judged. That if we seek to do the will of God, everything will go well with us. But in the moment we seek to do our own will, everything is going to go wrong. And we're not going to understand our ways. Thank you, Lord. Verse 20. And he took the cup which he had made and burned it, which they had made and burned it, okay? And fire and ground it to the potter. Sew it up on water and make the children of Israel drink of it. In other words, you are you are, you are either worshiper. You have become like a knight of ahead and drinking now. Notice that Moses right away is so angry. He is the most humble man in the Bible. So angry right away at these people. Because he had realized at this very moment what they had done voluntarily. No one made them do this. Not even Pharaoh made them do this. And so he's so angry that they made the choice. But that's what God was trying to tell him up in the mountain. Let me come down and destroy them. And raise out a nation, a great nation. But Moses decided to say, well, you, you promised this, you promised that. Listen, God's judgment is perfect. Thank you, Lord. Verse 21. Moses said unto Aaron, why did these people... Why did these people unto thee? Why well, thou have brought a great sin upon them? Notice that the leader Aaron, the prophet Aaron, is the one leader that do the opposite of what he should, should have done. He should have led them to God. He led them to the devil. My and sisters, be careful who you follow. Be careful who you listen to. There's a lot of fallen you miss teaching with the teaching of God's Word and even holidays. And many are falling into the and are corrupting themselves and are losing the presence of God in them that was in them for a long time. How is it that they're losing the Holy Spirit in the last days? And now they're realizing they have, my brother and sister, because they knew they had them before. It's dangerous out there. It is dangerous. God have mercy. Verse 22, Aaron said, now the anger of my Lord was hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set in mischief. Oh, now Moses, you realize they are set in mischief. Isn't that what the Lord was telling you upon the mountain that you decided to intercede for them? And tell God to repent on what he had decided. Oh, my brothers and sisters, God help us. God have mercy upon us. Verse 23. For they said unto me, Make us God, which thou will go before us. For us for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we know not what has become of him. They didn't say this man of God, this man that God have anointed and chosen to lead us. No, they treated Moses like you would treat your your, your far cousin or somebody else, your coworker. They treated Moses like a nobody, my insisted, and in their own words and their own behavior. They disrespected him. And Aaron is repeating back the word that they say, and now Moses is realizing, wow, these people are fired up into sin. I, I should have just listened to the Lord and all this. Exactly. Jesus said, I came not to do my will but the will of my Father. That's how it needs to be in our lives. If you don't see it this way, you're going to fall in idolatry and sin and false teachings and lose the presence of God in your life. You need to understand, let his will be done and not ours. What do we know? By only Jesus Christ and him crucified. God have mercy. Verse 24. And he said unto him, whosoever had any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. I cast it in the fire and the fire and they came out a calf. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How did it came out, Aaron? You, ha- you have to have your hand in it. He said it came out. It just came out. He put it in the fire, the cow came out. So what are you indicating, Aaron? This was the supernatural power of the devil that made this come up? Because you say you threw it and it came out. He's kind of, kind of kind of justifying himself. And even if it was raised by the power of the devil, still wrong idolatry, these people that are selling the the that was still wrong, my brothers and sisters. Still a sin before God. Verse 25, so when Moses saw the people that were naked, <laughs> excuse me, forever had made them naked unto the, uh, the shame among the enemy. You notice this? You notice that when they make this idol, one of the things that identifies that people are falling in sin is their nakedness. Notice that people in church are, wear, are wearing less clothes now. Notice that people are going into the pulpit wearing less clothes. My brother and sister, someone put up a video a few days ago of a woman who goes to share a message on the pulpit, her underwear showing Notice how less clothes now. It's okay in the church. In the pulpit. My brother an indication of the corruption in the church. That's what that is. That's what that is. My brother and my sister. The less clothes they have, the most private part they share. It's an indication of the corruption in the church. Look at it right there, Exodus thirty two, twenty five. When most of, of the other people were naked. What are you doing naked in the pulpit, woman of God? What are you doing naked in the pulpit, man of God? Naked. Nakedness is a sign. Nakedness is a sign. A falling. Idolatry. Sin. Mappel insisted. Now they're doing Bible study in the beach in California and around the United States and the world. Bible study in the beach and in their underwear. Nakedness is a sign of how far people have fallen from God, how far they are to keeping His commandments. My brothers and sisters, then they question why they have lost the presence of God in their lives. God have mercy. God have mercy. It's happening right before our eyes. And a lot of people think it's okay. It's not okay with God. Because when you read his word, his commandment, he tells you. What happened to the children of Israel when they found idolatry? What is one of the signs? Nakedness. Read it in your Bible. When Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto the shame among their enemy. Imagine the nations, the enemy, the Egyptian which they they God judged them because of their evil. The uh, Jesus now looking into the Jewish people's life and see them naked, naked. They're they're doing the same thing we're doing that they criticize us or or they judge us for. It's not righteous to condemn the sin of others when then you're doing worse or the same. My brother and sister, you see what this needs to be a correction among the church. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. God have mercy. First three said Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is this Lord's sight? Who is on the Lord's side? Because it's come to that hour that we need to say, Who is on the Lord's side? Who We don't point finger. We don't say you and Saul come there. No, 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 no. Let them make their own decision. Because when they wanted to worship the cow, it was by choice. They wanted it, they got it, and they worship it. And they worship it naked. My brother and sister. They now, under the judgment of the Lord, what the Lord is about to clean house, Moses stood at the gate of the camp and said, because you have to stand with the Lord. Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. Hallelujah. Another son of Levi gathered, and gathered together unto him. Praise God for the Levites. And he said unto them, Thou saith the Lord God of Israel, for every man his sword out of his side and go in and out from the gate to the gate, through the camp, and slay every man his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. Now comes the sword. Now comes the weighted man in Moses. Were you not the one telling God to spare these people? You notice that for the same people, he is praying for them to be Prayer. Once Aaron Tell Moses what happened How they came to him And so and Aaron Made us the God that brought us Out of Egypt Aaron And brother brother Aaron Tell Moses How he asked them for all the gold The earrings, everything they have Put it in the fire In other of sudden, boom A cow comes out A cow comes out of the fire According to Aaron Marvel interested. Moses is listening to Aaron very careful, and when when Aaron describes how they wanted the voice of the cow that supposedly took them out of Egypt, Moses immediately is understanding why God wanted to destroy them at that very moment, because as Aaron is telling them that they are the one that wanted. They are the as God said, these people have corrupted themselves and corruption must be cut out. Up in the mountain, Moses did not want it to, for them to be destroyed. He entered the city for them. But once he comes down here and tells him what happened, immediately he understands why God wanted to destroy them. And he tells when the Levite come forward, those that stand with God stand by my side, the Levi stand. He says, take your sword. And from the gate entrance, All the way to the other side of the camp Slay them all by the sword Slay them by the sword Hallelujah Slay every man his brother Every man his companion Every neighbor Don't spare one Levi Listen careful Don't you spare one That's exactly what God was going to do See God would have made it easy God would have sent his angel and the angel would have come down and slayed them but now Moses has to give the order to the Levites. You go ahead and slake them. He gave the children of the Levite more work to do, but okay. They're being obedient to the direction of Moses now. Because now Moses understands clearly, these people, they're not going to heaven. They're not going to enter into the promised land. This has got to be their end. Or if they leave these people, the children, their children, would it... Probably understand it's okay to be idolater. It's okay to worship God naked and do whatever in the church, and would have done the same. God wants to set a sample an example here, a holiness and righteousness. I know a lot of people think this is very rude, this is very hurtful, this is very but you need to understand righteousness and holiness before the Lord. And Moses is understanding that now. And it's acting upon it correctly by having them be enslaved. My brother and sister. There goes. So the children of the Levite did, according to, according to the word of Moses, there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Okay? 3,000 men. No more information on anything else. We're given a number. We take it. Three thousand men fell that day. Nothing about the women. Nothing about the children. Nothing about the elders. Men. Okay. Someone can say this was generalized. Okay. However, it's but three thousand men fallen by the sword. My brothers and sisters, you gotta think about. They still gotta face other nations and other enemies. They needed those men. But if you leave them alive, they will corrupt the rest of the people. And that was not the plan of God. That's why in the last day, tsunami, here's what the Lord showed me this past week. The Lord Jesus takes me in the spirit. As I'm in the spirit with the Lord in this new year, 2024, I said, Lord, you told us even through your prophet that we will see judgment. And we did not see any judgment in 2023, Lord. The Lord is listening to me as I'm saying these things to Jesus, who is standing right there next to me. The Lord had me standing in the spirit, looking toward California. As I look toward California, my brother and sister, I knew that great judgment is coming to California. At that very moment, California was still in dark, it was still not morning yet. It was still dark as I'm standing there. Then the Lord immediately, as He bring me here to over North Carolina, the part like around Charlotte, I would say. I'm looking. I'm in North Carolina now. It's morning. It's nine in California. It's morning in North Carolina. There's a four-hour difference, about. So there is a tsunami coming. I knew now that whatever's gonna happen in California, it's gonna affect the eastern part of the United States. Remember the prophecy, the word the Lord has given me about the eastern tsunami, the earthquake in California, then the eastern tsunami. At this very moment, as I'm in the spirit with the Lord, this past week, the Lord, I saw a great tsunami coming in. There was people running for their lives, heading to the mountain here in North Carolina. i saw down there, this tsunami is coming. Since it was early in the morning, people were still in the home getting ready to go to work or ready, getting ready to go to school. At the very moment, Salon Sister Luna, at that very moment, I saw a couple of families running up the mountain on the opposite side of the highway. As they're coming in the car, beeping the horn, coming in the opposite side of the highway, people were driving to the side of the highway so they, so they won't cross against them. And they, some people decided to stop. They stop and say, why are you driving in the opposite side of the highway? And the wife in the car came out on her side. She opened the door and said, don't you see the way coming? Don't you see the way coming? And when the people began to look at the way, it was so high you could see it. They got into the car and they, would be, they turned the other way to do the same of these people. They were trying to outrun the tsunami that was coming, over a hundred foot way coming to North Carolina. You know that Charlotte, my brother and sister will be completely underwater. Hallelujah. That the major city here will be underwater. That every little part of the sea will be underwater. My brother, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, all this part, eastern part of the United States will be under the weight of water that was coming in. The merciless way that was destroying people's homes. The water was going above. The window was busting. It was just breaking through. Whoever wasn't there had no time to escape the tsunami. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Jesus was still standing there. And he says one thing to me, which I said, I'm not going to say this until I prayed more. But my brother and sister, I know who called me, and it was the Lord. I had no right to hold anything of him back. He says to me in this new year, this year will not pass until this happens, he says to me. As I'm looking at the tsunami, I'm broken hearted. I'm looking at what is happening. I see the people, most everyone cannot escape it. He says, this year will not pass until this happens. I share with a few of my brothers and sisters and family. You know what I said? I'm not going to say this on the Lord's hour until the Lord confirmed this to me. My brothers and sisters. But then I remember like Moses. Who called me? I didn't choose him. He chose me. I didn't call him. He called me to be his messenger, to be his servant. What right do I have to keep his word back, to hold back what he's given me for his people, when some people can be saved through it? My brother and sister... He told me this year will not pass until this happens. Because I told him that we waited for judgment on 2023 and did not come. And many other prophets, I even said it did not come. He said this year will not pass. He said until this happens. My Lord, my God, he's always right. For days, I've been meditating on the word. For days I've been struggling. Should I say this or should I not? Because I said I would not set dates, not even years. I would not focus on these things. But he said this year will not pass until this happens, he says. That was his word, not mine. I didn't say this to him. He said it to me, my brother and sister. And I've been struggling with this. And the first thing I said to my wife, I said to Brother Tony, I said to Brother Ben, I'm not going to say this on the Lord Yahweh until he confirms it to me. But all these past days, the Lord is reminding me who called me, who chose me, who elected and selected me, who called me into this ministry, that it was him. I have no right to keep the word to myself, not to speak what he's speaking to me. It is not my word. Bye, brother and sister, it is his. And I meditate if one day I'm before him. Shalom, sister. And he called me an account to this word. I don't, have, I don't want to stand before him on that great day and say, Lord, I was afraid that people will call me for profit. And I kept the word to myself, Lord, After many have perished. No, no, no. Please pray for me and my family because I just want to be obedient to the Lord. You don't know how difficult this is. But before this word came, the angel had brought me into heaven and questioned me in heaven and said, God's word, God's spoken word is the maximum authority, LV. So how can I keep his word? I can. I must speak it. My brother and sister, because we are concerned. I don't want to be called for profit. I don't want to be called for a message. So what? Be it if it's in the name of the Lord. Because one day, they will also have to give an account to the Lord. They will either be on the white throne judgment before him, or they're going to be part of the Christ's judgment, which I already been there and saw. People being questioned for every idle word or every disobedience they have done as a Christian. Jesus Christ see the judgment. We either be there on the white throne judgment. For either one, we need to repent of everything we have said or done. Before him, because he is the righteous judge That will judge the living and the dead My brother and sister That's what we need to know And remember From his word That he is the righteous judge And if he tells us to speak We cannot keep the word to ourselves Because of fear of men Oh, I don't want to be a full prophet I don't want to be called a full prophet So what? Be it if I'm persecuted for his name's sake, I am blessed to be it. Thank you, Lord. So verse 29 of Exodus 32. So Moses said, consecrate yourself today to the Lord, Every, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing these days. Notice how the blessing comes to our life. Through consecration, you want the Lord to bless you, consecrate yourself to him. Depart, apart yourself from evil and sin and wickedness. That's how we are blessed. That's the only way I know we are blessed. Any other way, I don't know any other way. We need to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. And do that every day. Repent of our sin and trespasses every day and consecrate ourselves so you so that he god may bestow bring upon your life a blessing this day you want god to bless you today consecrate yourself begin to fast begin to pray begin to depart from evil thank you lord verse 30 and it came to pass the matter that most of it unto the people Ye have sinned a great sin. Sin a great sin. And now I will go out to the Lord for her as you make an atonement for your sin. Hallelujah. But no, that's not what people say in the last day that it is. Okay? God says it's a great sin to worship idol. To try to serve in nakedness. My brothers and sisters. See? Women's chest and the photo on Facebook should not be shown to tempt any other men, whether you are married or single. I am ashamed of the things I see on my Facebook page. You gotta see the, the amount of people I have blocked on Facebook. On my Facebook. And the amount of more people that I need to block. Because the shame of their nakedness in the photo. It's horrendous. Sin before the Lord. I know the Lord wants me to do this work for him. And I have to look to it to do it. But every time I open my Facebook, I got to go check my message. I am ashamed of what I see. The shame in the photo. Pictures that some people have. Women showing the breasts. Showing themselves. Even in the way they go to sleep, it is horrendous, it is horrible, and this should not be so, my brother and sister. This should not be so. This should be a shame. Just that the children of Israel and the sin and disobedience show their nakedness to Moses. So I see the same thing on my Facebook page. People... Brothers and sisters showing their nakedness. And then they say that they want to go with the Lord. They want to be raptured. They want to go to heaven. My brother insisted. But if you see what God did, what Moses has to do with those naked ones, he ordered the Levites to go slay them by the sword. My brother insisted. Because without nakedness, every man would have been tempted and falling in sin. Because God made woman in such a way that it's a great tool of temptation. Even men can be a tool of temptation to the devil, to the brothers and sisters. We need to be careful. Please dress for the Lord. Cover yourself. You don't need to be showing your breast. You don't need to be showing your private part, your leg. Nothing of temptation. If you are a woman of God or a man of God, you should not be dressed this way. Should not. Yes, many of you are not falling by the sword, but many are. There are a lot of people dying. There are a lot of people that I have known in this ministry that when I hear about them, they're already dead. My brothers and sisters, online, on Facebook, there were people who mocked and did not listen to their dad. They're dead. One way or another. Not the word of God that anyone will perish. Cover yourself. If you continue to show your body, I'm not going to slave you like Moses ordered the man, the Levite, to slay the people. God will remove you. We're not tools of temptation for anyone. But know and understand that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that slayed the people in the wilderness will still continue to clean out sin out of from among the people. And if people are going to continue with us making it, they will be removed. They will not be allowed to go any further with this now who spoke to me about this, this are many that are not right with him jesus a few weeks ago the lord was standing right before me and spoke to me about this there are many listening to you that are not right before him he says that will not make it how they're living and walking right now if the three days of darkness are next weekend They will not make it through, the Lord says to me. They will not make it through the three days of darkness the way they are, the Lord says to me. I'm like, I wanted like Moses to intercede for my brothers and sisters. But the Lord says, they're not repenting sincerely. That's what Jesus says to me. And show me very few will make it. I was shocked and surprised when Jesus showed me this. This was only, only a few days ago, the end of 2023, my brother and sister, when the Lord came to me to speak to me about this. It's not right to serve God in sin and in nakedness. Nakedness is a sign of sin. Look what Moses said. came to pass on the on the next day. Moses said unto the people, ye have sinned a great sin. That that you call showing part of your breath, let me tell you what it is. A great sin before the Lord. non pleasing unto the Lord. And if you're not going to stop and repent of it, there will be a great consequence coming on your life. Either be man or woman. You have sinned a great sin, says Moses to the people. And now I will go out to the Lord, perhaps I shall make an atonement for your sin. Perhaps. As, as, as we say, maybe. God have mercy. Verse 1, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin, and have made themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sins, if not block me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. The Lord said unto Moses, Moreover hath sinned against me. Him will I blow out of my book. Are you listening? What does this mean? What is God saying? That those that are doing this thing, their name is being removed out of the book of life. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. Again, read Moses' conversation with the Lord. The Lord said unto Moses, whosoever has sinned against me, him I will blood out of my book. You know what happened? What the devil did that many are doing today. When the devil sinned in heaven, let me tell you what was his great sin. Not only did God found pride in his life, this is what he did that God will not forgive. That it's like the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Woe unto him that will make one of my little ones fall. When the devil went sinned and went into and went to all the other angels to convince them to follow him, to fall into the same sin that he's sinned. At that very moment he made a third part of the angel in heaven sin, follow him and sin, and what think of the Lord said, Woe unto him that will make one of my little ones fall. At that very moment, if the devil would have sinned and gone on his own ways, maybe God would have forgiven him later on when he will repent. But the sin that he made was that he sinned, and they made all these other ones sin into the same. May God's one or many of God's little ones fall. A lot of people are doing that today. They're departing from grace. They go on Facebook. They show their naked body. They tend God's men and women, and they make them fall and follow them. Oh, that God. My brother and sister, to God, God is horrible. Wow unto them. You know what that wow is? It's a person in hell burning in the fire. When Jesus said wow unto him, that will make one of my little ones fall. That's what they're doing. They're making God's little one. Does't matter how old the person is, or tall little one fall in sin, a fornication, adultery, idolatry and much more. God will forgive them if they sin and repent, but when they go and make God's little one fall, that's the end of that. It's better for them to tie a millstone on the neck and throw themselves into the sea. That's a horrible death. But the Lord said it will be better for them, because they're going straight to the fire hell. My brother, sister, all oh Lord have mercy. The Lord said unto Moses, whoever has sinned against me, him I will blot out of my book. That's the name of God the book of life. Therefore now, go, lead the people into the place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, my angel shall go before thee. That's the Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, in the day which I will visit, I will visit their sins upon them. Because he said he will visit the sin upon the children, children unto a thousand generations, he has said before. So he's not going to change his mind about this. A lot of people want God to change his mind about this. But he said he will visit the iniquity upon the children, children unto a thousand generations. He has said it. He will fulfill it. My brother insisted so Moses was expecting God to say, "Okay, Moses, okay, I'll forgive them you know when they repent I'll forgive them, you know those not to the people that he already judged, because he swear they will not enter into my rest. That's in the book of Hebrew, read it for yourself, Hebrew three and four, he swear unto himself, they will not enter into my rest, their name has been removed like he says. I will block out their name from the book. That's the book of life. Their name has already been removed, and he swear, they will not enter into my rest. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. How render things to fall into the hand of a living God. Therefore, now, go lead the people into the place which I have spoken unto thee. In other words, most of this matter don't pertain to you. I already said how it's going to be. Behold, my angel will go with thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I will visit, I will visit the sins upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the cup which Aaron made. Notice that? You have 3,004 and the rest were plagued. What do you think COVID-19 came for? COVID-19 came so God would do an in-house cleanse of his people. There were many sins in the church. And many people thought it will be okay. Hundreds upon thousands of millions fell because of COVID-19. Then came the worst, the vaccine, that will separate them from their body. Horrendous judgment came upon them. A wicked evil bison is in every CBS, Walgreens, right A, upon every hospital and clinic in the United States and the world available for everyone recommended by the doctor that in the moment they get it they are separated from their body how easy that the devil that the devil made it easy for, to take them to hell my brother insisted because they mocked god and they thought they can get away with it and god will not be mocked the bible says may god have mercy and the consequence of sin is evil my brother insisted disobedient. God said he will beset the iniquity upon them, the sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they had made a cop with Sharon. So, we see the forgiveness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord, but we also see the severeness of the Lord, the justice of the Lord upon them. Because they decided to worship a calf that they should or not. They thought they were done with it, because three thousand failed. And three thousand were just the beginning of the thousands that later on will continue to fall. Because the iniquity was still upon them because they did not repent. Moses, you talked to God for us. That's not the right attitude. The right attitude, the right attitude is the attitude that David had in his heart. How do we know? Because David was the man according to God's own heart. heart. Same heart the Father has, David has. What is that heart? God, against thee, against thee have I sinned, and has done this evil in thy sight, In David's repentance. That's what God wants to hear from each and one of us. But that justification that, you know, I just made a mistake, and, you know, and continue to do it, and that doesn't fly with God. These people's names, was removed from the book of life when they worshiped the cow, all of them there, not the children, all the parents, mother and father, grandchildren, grandfather, all their names got blotted out of the book of life. All of them. That's why none of them made it into the promised land. None of them made it into heaven. By Moses and Joshua and Caleb, they all perished there. My brother and sisters, oh God, have mercy. God, have mercy because his word is forever and ever. And he has given it to us. So we will repent, my brother, it's for his name's sake. Jesus said in John 5, 44, I have come in my father's name and you receive me not. If another one shall come in his name, him ye will receive. Who come in his own name? The devil, the Antichrist. Well, Jesus said that when the Antichrist come in his name, you will receive. Well, there you go. Why do you think the world, the government, everyone in office, high office today, is receiving the Antichrist? Why are they receiving the wicked one, the men of sin? The opposition to Christ. Because men love evil, the Bible says. Without Christ, we're doomed. This is why we need to humble ourselves to God and pray for his mercy. That he will have mercy on us. Especially now that the days are all practically gone. We're on borrowed time. What does that mean? Time had ended a few months ago or years ago. The clock of God has already hit 12. So what are we doing here, Brother Elvis? Mercy. We're here by mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You think that what Jesus did on the cross, With any common sacrifice that they used to sacrifice, the cow, the bull, the sheep. Are you going to compare Jesus' sacrifice like the bull or the sheep? His sacrifice was done eternally. What does that mean? He has control of time now. He says, God now, by the mercy of Christ, Christ, time has been suspended. Of course, we're not going to tell living in this time. But in heaven, time is no more. So, where are we? We are in his grace and mercy. If we are alive, we are alive by his grace and mercy. And whoever is alive is because God's trying to save them if they don't have Christ in their lives. Simple, period. He decides now, whenever the time comes, he can say, Father, have mercy, and Father, have mercy. But whatever has been said now, it's going to come to pass quickly, my brother and sister. He showed me this week, soon, what you see now, you will not see anymore. And I was looking, I was up on our future, near future. I was standing there. And I'm looking at the United States, it was unrecognizable. And this future near, the city, the state did not look the same. A lot of the buildings were not there anymore. A lot of the houses were not there anymore. They were gone. Like something of a nuclear hit the nation. And the building and and the houses were no more. And whoever was alive was living in a horrible life, difficult life. I cannot even recognize what state I was standing in. I knew I was in the middle of the country. North part, I could say. But I could not recognize whether one state was North Carolina or the South. it was in New York or Pennsylvania or any state or Indiana or Minnesota or none because none look the same anymore. It looks like when nuclear weapon goes off, even the land gets moved. We heard about a, 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 a titanic plate change in the United States. Soon. Even scientists knows what is about to happen. They're very afraid. They want to build another galaxy, another planet. They're working with Elon Musk and NASA so they can move to another planet, even the moon. They have suggested that if they cannot get to another planet quickly, they should already been building in the moon. So the moon's place is being built like condo right now. Russia and the United States and China and country together, which they pretended that they're fighting now and they will, but they're building like condos in the moon right now. They want to make it livable for the month because they know that soon the earth will be unhabitable, unlivable because of what is coming. And my brother and sister, it's biblical. Okay? They want to go anywhere by hell. Amen. It's biblical. They want to get out of here. They want to escape. And so how should be our attitude as a Christian? We want to be with the Lord. We want to escape also with Jesus. That's what the rapture is about. The Lord getting his people out of harm. Enter into thy chamber. The Lord says through the prophet Isaiah, until the indignation passes. Enter into that. What indignation? All the Nuclear weapon that will be going after in the great tribulation. That's the indignation. The wrath of God. Enter into thy chamber. Enter into thy rest until the indignation pass into thy chamber. So that's the rest of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I tell you, that's the only escape you and I have right now. Jesus Christ, the ark of God. Before this mess that I saw like twice in a row this week began to happen. He showed me very soon, your nation will be unrecognizable. And I'm standing there looking at the mess, looking at a few people alive, how they, they barely had no food. They're looking for food through the garbage left. Whatever nuclear waste there was, they're digging, it's like they're trying to figure out where was a supermarket. And when the nuclear weapon hit, all that mud, dirt, went upon the supermarket. So under 100, 200 feet of dirt, you had a supermarket is what people are trying to figure out. And they're not even digging with shovel, with pieces of stick. My this that's not what they're digging with and they're digging, and you see the people digging for food, their, their faces are a block of mud, dirt, no drinkable water. Their nakedness, they got pieces of clothing. Remember when, when the Great tribulation began, people were changing to bees, they tear their clothing, and and you can see women, young women, men, a piece of clothing around their waist, like, like the Indian back in the 1800s and earlier times like some of the Indians in North Africa, are pieces of clothing, some aren't even naked, digging for food, because they're so hungry for days. They cannot stand the hunger they're And they already had enough crying and sorrow and complain. They already had enough crying. They can't cry anymore. They already cried too much. And they feel like no one came to the rescue anymore. But they know the consequence of sin. It's clearly imprinted in their mind and understanding that all this happened because of sin and disobedience. That God has told them to the prophet, which they ignored, which they rejected. And now it's too late. And the only thing they can try to do is survive under the most difficult circumstances on this earth. Because from the beginning, there's not, not been such a time like this. Jesus said it in Matthew 24. Like it never been before, like I'll never be again. You know what happened? I was sharing with, with my brother Tony, my brother Ben, t- tonight, 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 New Year. First month of the year. First week of the year. I was sharing on YouTube. These people from the Philippines, uh, they, they they took a, a piece of mango tree, branch, they put it on an egg, and the mango tree is having egg like a chicken now. And I was researching this. I said, I got to research this more. A person that's been doing this for years, right, said that this has never happened before, but it started happening since last year. A year or less, this person said in, in in the video. On YouTube, this started happening, and I said to my brother, "You see, this is a sign that we are so close to the Great Tribulation. That trees are having eggs. A demon was seen in a mall here this past week in the United States. A brother was sharing on YouTube a demon over ten feet tall, and several people saw him in the daylight. Things are happening around the world that are aren't un- as." Explainable. Why? Because we are so close to the Great Tribulation. That b- manifestation of evil, like in the days of Noah, is already happening. My brothers and sisters, a tree have an egg was impossible a year and back. Now it is. You can look it up on, on YouTube. Tree have an egg. Mango tree have an egg. Because the person who was doing it said that a year before was not possible. And now it is. And they cannot explain it. These are people that are not Christian; They cannot explain why this is happening now. Why is it possible now? And I can tell you this is a sign of the great tribulation, how close we are. Things are happening like they never happened before. And this alone, this signs alone should shake people to the core my brother and my sister let me see if i, I can get a link before i, I put out sister celeste from hallelujah from the um master voice thank you lord the lord's been giving her so much and so uh it, it just confirmed what be, what we've been speaking my brother and sister so we want to make sure that that we play her audio um I don't agree with everything she said 100% in regard to some of the prophecy because some of the things she's been speaking, I know, are for the great tribulation. But somehow she thinks that a lot of the things she's saying are for now. Okay? Someone even said that she thinks the church is not going to go home in the rapture soon. But it's staying behind longer. And, and, you know, we disagree on certain things, but one thing we agree, we are close to be going home. If we are close for this thing, to be in this close. Amen. So watch that link I put in the chat room. Okay. Watch that link that I just put in the chat room of these mango tree having an egg. And the person that had one of the videos, I don't know if it's this video, said that this had not happened before a year back. From a year until now, it's been happening. But before the president said it, it was impossible. My brother and sister, there are things happening that a lot of people have not realized that a year ago were impossible. They're happening now. And it's because we are so close to the great tribulation. Amen. Keep sister in, this, in her prayer. She says she had, uh, her stomach hurts. May the Lord heal her. By the stripe of Jesus, she is healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's keep one another in prayer. My brothers and sisters, as we see this day approaching, let's pray for one another. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue to pray. We're glad. We're so glad we're back in the air. Amen. We'll, we'll be back. Hallelujah. Um, Tuesday night with another Bible study. We'll share as much as we can. Remember, Tuesday night, you can go ahead and ask a question about everything we have said. We'll do our best to answer your questions. But God willing, we'll be here Tuesday night. It looks like Tower has been unable. Let me tell you the reason why we have not been on the air. In New York, where the Blacktown building is, the Hamas Palestinian supporter has been marching up and down all week long for weeks now. And the employees of Blacktown have not been able to get into the building to supervise the service, to make sure everything is running fine, to make sure it's running. And they were already having problems, but since they were not able to get into the building, the police is not allowing them in New York, then all these problems that we were not able to bring up the program into the air, they've been having. But we thank the Lord now that I guess they've been able to get into the building. They, the the technicians have been working to fix the problem. As much as they can, because they've not been able to get into the building. And now Black talk is somehow working now. Not 100%, I can tell you. It's not 100%. You can already see it's not 100%. But it's working by the grace of God. And they're going to continue to repair more. They might even damage it more, because fully they have no control of the building yet. Because the Palestinian people are still marching, are still rioting, In that same street in New York, where Black Rock Building is, so the employees are still not able to get into the building fully. They're not allowed. The police were not allowed them. So, praise you, Lord. All this now that Netanyahu said he's pulling the uh, the forces out of Gaza and West Bank. So I guess now the the marching has stopped. Somewhat, and and you know, hopefully it's all come to a peaceful resolution, but the Palestinian leaders in other countries are saying that they're returning back to Gaza and the West Bank, and they're going to establish themselves up again, which Netanyahu totally disagree with. Let's continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, my brothers and sisters. The leaders of the Palestinians are in another nations, and they're saying they're going to get back to to, to Gaza and, and, and West Bank, and establish itself again, which is, uh, Israel totally disagree with that. So that might start another thing in a few weeks, a few days from now. But remember that Israel cannot continue doing this. It cost them a lot of billions, and the economy can fall completely if they continue doing this. So somehow they're going to have to stop this. And even if they get back into the land, the Palestinian, and build itself up again, well, they're going to have to fight them again somewhere in the future, somewhere in the future. So we'll see. My brother and sister, it, it, it doesn't look pretty over there. It's, a lot of people lost their lives, a lot of dead bodies over there, but they warned that this could happen, and it's happened. My brother and sister, let's continue to pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem, the peace of Israel. My brother and sister, here, Sister Celestial, Thank you for joining us tonight. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord Jesus Christ give you his shalom. Thank you, each one of you that has supported us. Please continue to support us. We're supporting the, the poor in Israel. I've been getting message from Israel. I've been getting phone calls from Israel uh, uh, that they need more support because of what happened. Our sister Lisa from Messianic Bible has been calling me, leaving me message. And other uh, side there that was supporting a small organization as we have said they need support so if you can if the Lord bless you and you want to send support to us we will definitely send support to them and you will be blessed twice you'll be blessed for this and you'll be blessed for them in the name of the Lord amen thank you Lord
3: hello again and welcome to the master's voice I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. To new subscribers, to get the best out of the blog, there are a few ways that you can go about it. The first thing that you need to understand is that you have come probably in the middle or closer towards the end of a work that I have been doing for the Lord for the last four and a half years. The Master's Voice Prophecy blog is a work that the Lord God commissioned, In May of 2019, when the Lord spoke to me and told me to open up a blog in his name and start to share the private things that I thought he was just revealing to me, private things that the Lord has been teaching me over the past 10 years. And so I started the blog in May of 2019, and it has kept going until now. A year and a half later, in August of 2020, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I was not moving fast enough he said to me that I should use the tools of my generation that I should make use of other media and he directed me to start this YouTube channel that you are watching over time the Lord then brought in my footsteps to other platforms that I would not have gone to on my own so you can now find me on many different platforms and that is the Lord's process at the time being I have not had time to update the master's voice prophecy blog I haven't updated the blog in about six months I think the last prophecies I wrote there, the last time I updated it fully was in July of 2023, and that is going to be another block of work. I will need a block of time to start putting many videos since July until now, putting the written prophecies on the blog. So one of the ways that you can follow is here on video. I'm also on Rumble, Bitshoot, and Brighton. You can also follow on audio, which I highly recommend because if you know that you are four and a half years behind, then that means that there are a lot of topics, there are a lot of information, there's a lot of teaching, there's a lot of revelation and prophetic utterance that the Lord has managed to cover by His grace working in me over four and a half years. So when you listen to the audio... You can move faster because it's less distracting. It's in the form of a podcast. And so as you listen, you can drive, you can look after your kids, you can walk your dog. You can even listen when you're at work if you're someone who's able to split your attention that way. And so audio platforms are SoundCloud and Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. But I've noticed that there are quite a lot of other automatic podcasts that due to the algorithm, or I think just how many people are listening to the audios, there are many other podcasts like Odyssey that have just picked up the Master's Voice Prophecy blog podcast, even though I don't actually have an account there. So this is just God's favor. You can listen in audio, you can watch in video. There is a Spanish language channel that is called Canal Profético La Voz del Señor, and it's here on YouTube. The, the video updates on that channel are not quite at par, but there is a rumble for it, and I think also a bit shoot and a brighton for it. There's a telegram, there's an Instagram, there's a Facebook, there's a TikTok. There are many places that you have the option to follow along. And so, You come to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, the best thing that you can do for yourself. If you're listening to a topic and you have questions, understand that I have addressed that topic already. It's not a new topic. It's something that I've probably covered 5 or 10 or 15 or even 20 times before. Some of the themes on this blog have been covered for years consistently, such as the Russia and China invasion of the United States. The United States will come to her final end being humbled by Russia and China in warfare, it's going to be a very quick war. America is going to be attacked without knowing it. And the Lord has revealed this in almost 30 prophecies over the last, since 2020, no, since 2015, 2014 was the first time that I saw Russia here in America in my dreams, all the way up to now 2024. So there's the Russia and China playlists. You can work your way through the blog, either using audio, video, or using the playlist. There's the Russia and China playlist. There's the sin series, which is very good for people who are struggling with sin. You have sin. You have repetitive issues in your life. You know that you are compromised, whether you're a Christian or not. You cannot overcome The appetites in your life, you know that you have lust, you know that you have envy, greed, unforgiveness, jealousy. Those things are disqualifying you from being able to enter into the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so rather than arguing about scandal and news that is everywhere, it is time to work on yourself so that you can be an acceptable bride before the Lord Jesus Christ at the hour of his coming. So look into the sin series. Look into the repentance series. A lot of people don't know how to repent. Repentance is not when you feel bad. Repentance is not about you. Repentance is about understanding that you have broken the laws of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have strayed away from the narrow path and you're walking on the broad highway that leads souls to hell. And so the core of repentance is not making excuses, well, everybody's doing it and mine is not so bad. And why is she always talking about sin? Because sin kills sin will cut you off from jesus christ sin will make him say depart from me i knew you not and then you will be perishing in the lake of fire forevermore. if that is how you want to end you don't need to listen to the sin series you don't need to learn how to repent but if you know that you have felt the lord jesus christ scratching at your heart as you have come across this blog whether you found it last week or whether you've been here with me since i had 32 subscribers long ago how i missed that time And now is the time to be honest with yourself. Learn how to repent. Repentance pleases God. Repentance is a privilege that men will not always have. There will come a time where God will shut the door of taking applications. There will come a time when we are going through those trying times that Jesus says that they will be the worst times that have ever come upon the earth. You'll cry out to God and there will be nothing. We will be locked in. The Bible says that men will seek for death in those days and not find it. Have you ever thought about that? Being stuck on an earth where you hate the things that are happening so bad that you want to commit suicide, but by some powerful application that will be working on earth at that time, even the spirit of death will not want to touch humanity, and you will have to live through it. Do you have the inner fortification? Have you built your house with stone and brass, Or is the inner house of your life made with hay and straw? Remember, all works, all men, are going through the fire. And fire consumes wood and straw, but fire refines gold and silver. And so it's up to you. There are many playlists here. You go through the playlist from the oldest video to the newest video, whether you use The video platform or the audio platform. By the time you go through a playlist, you will know everything that the Lord wants you to know about it. And then any new video will simply be icing on top of the cake. It is your responsibility to learn what you do not know. If I have covered something, I am not going to come and teach it to you by you asking a question. That is extreme laziness. If you have a question, you must understand that there is an entire library that it is your job to go through And another thing is if you are an adult you will be able to watch the things that are here I'm not guaranteeing that you will be able to handle them most people think that their weakness and their fear is my problem it is not my problem when the Lord came to me with the things that he came to me they were heavy upon my heart and you need to ask yourself in those days ten years ago when he came to me in 2012 who was there for me to go to who who was I going to go to and say I'm having these dreams I had to bear the dreams by myself. When I needed comfort, I went back to the same Lord who gave me the dreams to seek the comfort. You cannot come here and demand hope. Who told you that hope is your birthright in the end times? Haven't you read Matthew 24? Haven't you read the book of Revelation? Who's offering you hope in those texts? Who's promising you and telling you, oh, no, there's a nice ending. It's just going to be bad for a while, but then it gets better. It gets worse, and it continues to worsen until Jesus comes to put an end to the horror. You have a Bible. You haven't read it, and then you are offended because God finally found someone who has read it, loves it, and is willing to show her face and tell you how it's going to go. You don't have a right to hope. The Lord has not sent me to comfort you. He never told me, Celestial, go and comfort my people. He told me, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Make a strident sound. A strident sound is a loud sound that punches at your spirit until you don't want to come here anymore. And that is your civil right. No one compels you to be here. You can leave any time always remember I don't know when you come and I won't know when you say things like you lost me what do you mean I lost you I never had you the spirit of the of the Lord is crying out with a strident sound looking for his people he's shouting out for his sheep last call for the second Ark of Noah when you say I was listening until you lost me with this I didn't even know that you were here I never had you you're not his those who are his They hear, my sheep hear my voice, and the stranger they will not follow. So the sheep that are hearing, you are welcome to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. The goats who are not hearing, you can wander around, and eventually you will hear something that you cannot tolerate, and then you will leave. And as you came, and I did not know, when you leave, I will not know. And that too is just life. And so the prophecy for today Some aspects of it I have known for quite a while but I'm not one who speaks out of turn for the Lord to be able to use someone in the prophetic ministry that person has to have what we call reticence reticence is the ability to hold your tongue until it's time to speak if you are somebody that God cannot trust to hold your tongue until it's time to speak it is not likely that you are a prophet don't even tell yourself that no I'm just a rough seed You may be someone who has prophetic dreams but to function in this calling to function in this office the biblical office you have to be crushed this is because god does not like leaven in his prophets there are many people who call themselves prophets and when i look at you i can see the fear of man is upon you you will never stand True as a stalk if you fear man, if you care about subscribers and likes and clicks, if you bother because people talk about you and people hate you, they will always hate the spirit of the Lord and the people will always hate the truth the spirit of the lord is not welcome in his own earth because these are the last days this is the time of the mockers and scoffers If the mockers and scoffers don't arise and mock and scoff then we cannot fulfill the scriptures for matthew 24 says that the mockers and scoffers will abound they're going to have the floor if these people don't have the floor how is it the prophetic end times let us follow along and so God doesn't want leaven in his messengers. God requires courage. God requires reticence, the ability to hold your peace until he says, speak forward, release the word. And so the word that the Lord gave to me came exactly on the first of January, but he has been speaking to me about these things on and off since twenty sixteen. And they they were quite some things. And I think there are a few prophecies to this vein on the blog, but it is not yet time to make them into videos. I will only make things into videos that God tells me to make into videos. So that's another thing. If you come and you have your little pet Bible interest and like, why don't you talk about this? Well, I think the simplest answer is I don't work for you. I don't know you. And I'm not a radio dial that you can tune to hear the song that you like. I work for Jesus Christ. It goes by what Jesus Christ wants to talk about and today's prophecy is something that the Lord has been talking to me about over the past couple of years and here it is the title of the prophecy for today and this prophecy spans four days January the first to January the fourth 2024 that is today the title is a capital letters title it is called Yehudim will fall Not every title that the Lord gives me is a capital letters title but at times they are and when you see it on the blog written in capital letters Yehudim will fall please know that God is always serious but then he's double and triple serious when the then the title is in capital letters Yehudim will fall I'm going to read to you from my notes and the notes span four days so please listen closely oh yes the banner scripture for this prophecy is this revelation chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 and to the angel of the church in smyrna write these things Says the first and the last who was dead and came to life i know your works tribulation and poverty but you are rich and i know the blasphemy of those who say they are jews and are not But are a synagogue of Satan and so here in Revelation chapter 1 to 3 Jesus is sending out letters to the various churches he's writing to what they call the angels of the church and he's basically talking to the leaders of the pastors of certain churches that existed then and the Lord Jesus is making estimations of those churches are they righteous or unrighteous are they righteous with flaws are they unrighteous with redeeming qualities can they be saved are they salvageable will the lord come and tell them well done my good and faithful servant or will the lord come and reject them and rebuke them and tell them that they will not participate in his in his kingdom because they are not reflective of who he is just a moment please and so jesus is speaking here to the church in the region of smyrna And he's calling himself the first and the last. We know him also as Alpha and Omega. And he's declaring that he is the Lord who lives forever because he says the first and the last who was dead, his crucifixion, and came to life, his resurrection. And he's just speaking of his all-knowing godhood here. And he says, I know your works, and I know your tribulation, and I know your poverty, So he's talking about the things that they have gone through in the natural, but then he says to them, you are rich, meaning that you do have a hidden repository that makes you richer than people who have never gone through tribulation and poverty. And he says, I also know the blasphemy of those among you who say that they are Jews and they are not, but they are in fact a synagogue of Satan. And this is the word the Lord has given me as the banner scripture for this message that is entitled in capital letters, "Yehudim will fall. So on January the 1st, in the evening, I was breaking my fast of the day, I was breaking my fast on the evening of New Year's Day. And I have to say I was quite hungry and I had just sat down to have something to eat. So I prayed and I hungrily put that first bite in my mouth. And while I was chewing, I heard and I saw the word Yehudim, and it is Y-E-H-U-D-I-M. So I saw the word in front of me, not in front of me in the air. I just saw it in my eyes as like a vision. And I heard it, and I heard the phrase that the Lord spoke at the same time in capital letters, Yehudim will fall. So I'm sitting there and I'm chewing. And then two more times I hear it, Yehudim will fall. And by the time you hear God like that, you know that a message is coming. And so you have to set aside whatever it is you're doing. And so I stopped eating because even though I know the word only loosely, I only know that it means Jew. But I wanted to be sure. So I put down my food and I picked up my phone and I Googled it, Yehudim. And after reading one, one definition here that doesn't match the other definition, what I can tell you is that this word, Yehudim, is the word that is just generally and collectively known to be referring to modern-day Jews, the people that we know that live in Israel. But it also means something deeper. So to the rest of us, Yehudim simply means Jews. But within the Jewish community, it means something deeper. The word Yehudim is used by them amongst themselves because they consider themselves surety for one another. To consider yourself surety for one another means that if your next person that you see yourself as surety of gets in trouble, has a problem, has an issue, you are saying that you are willing to step up and cover that person's flaws. You're saying that you're willing to step up and cover that person's mistakes. You're saying that if the next person next to you who is within your community runs into trouble with their mortgage, you're going to pony up the money that they're owing. You are saying that if their child gets sick and they can't cover the medical expenses, that they run up in maybe a hectic week of treatment, you're going to reach into your pocket like the Good Samaritan and settle that bill with the medical providers. Yehudim to us simply means the Jews, but Yehudim among Jews means a brotherhood, a clan, a tightly knit group whereby each Jew considers themselves surety for the next Jews. For the next Jew, it is an extremely tight and locked community which sees after itself first. So they put themselves first, and they put other members of their community first. They do not exalt any other people group or type above their community, and they consider themselves locked in by reason of brotherhood, Yehudim. The Lord then said because I had no more interest in my food I was waiting for him to speak the Lord said that Yehudim will fall before him and he will uncover their secrets from the highest to the lowest he will expose them and all their doings until there is nothing left to hide about what they have done the Lord said that the full measure of what the Yehudim do is not known publicly among men He says they cover one another's iniquities very well, and they make sure that there is nothing left to find by covering their tracks. Yehudim shall fall. This is all capital letters. You can tell when he's speaking normally and when he escalates into caps. Yehudim shall fall, and the name of the Lord shall be worshipped in its true form in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. So you hear the Lord saying that a time is coming when the Jewish community is going to be humbled publicly in front of everyone. Kindly excuse the fluctuations of the light. There's nothing that I can do about that. The Yehudim will fall before the Most High Yah, and he's going to uncover their secrets. He says from the highest of them, that means the highest ranking, the richest to the lowest of them that means just ordinary perhaps going to the local school and the local synagogue Yah says that he will expose them in everything that they do and there will be nowhere for them to hide and there will be nothing left about them to hide about all that they have done so the lord is saying that this community has secrets secrets that people can't find for hear his words he says the full measure of their deeds is not known among men. This means that to be a community that is able to hide what you do until God says that the fullness, this means all the information, this means all the facts about what the Yehudim do, the Lord says it's not known among men. This means that you can spend all your time on TikTok watching all the videos that you want and you can read all the books that you want and the, the brunt, the bulk. Of what the Yehudim do the Lord is saying to you patiently kindly and calmly that you've never heard of it and that you have no idea what they do because he says that they're excellent at covering one another's iniquities and making sure that there's nothing left to find by covering their tracks this means that if God does not uncover the Yehudim no man on earth no matter how dig he go deep he digs into any rabbit hole will be able to uncover them. Yah says that Yehudim shall fall, and the name of the Lord will be worshipped in its true form in all the earth, and this is the word of the Lord. Just a moment, please. So this was the full extent of the message that I received from the Lord on the first of January twenty twenty four. Yehudim shall fall. I wrote it down, and then I went back to my dinner. However, on January 2nd into January 3rd, so this is where the whole day of January 2nd has passed, I've gone to bed and now we're in those wee hours, 2am, 3am, heading into January 3, 2024. The Lord woke me up so strongly that it was almost as if someone had physically jolted me awake. When God has something on his mind, on his heart, it's not about your comfort. It's not about, oh, I don't feel comfortable listening to this. I don't feel comfortable saying this. This is one of the greatest indictments of God's church, which is that God will find someone who is bold enough and brave enough to follow him into the sewer, where all the sewer activities are happening the person will be brave enough and bold enough to look at the sewer activities, write them down accurately, exactly as they are, because what is the point of sugarcoating the sewer activities so that you can be comfortable when you hear it? What is the point of seeing the kinds of things that happen to people in detail and then writing it as a synopsis just so you can be comfortable? Are the evil deeds happening to the people in the basements as a synopsis? Are they, are they not happening to the people in detail? so why do you demand a whitewashed prophecy so you can feel good because you don't want to hear graphic things but the four-year-old child is experiencing graphic things in real life it is something to think about church you shame yourself on many levels before the heavenly father when god has something on his heart he's going to come in how he's going to come in and i have to tell you that when the lord woke me up like that i wasn't happy because i had gone to bed at almost 3 a.m and i had to wake up and be fresh so I, was, I wasn't I was really happy, but he just shook me out of sleep and took me straight out of sleeping into wakefulness and said, I will break the menorah. I will break it and humble them in front of everybody. And if you could look here on my tablet, there's exclamation marks and there's capital letters because that's exactly how he came up on me. I will break the menorah. I will break it and I will humble them in front of everybody. So I did not take the time to get a picture, but you can simply look up the word, M-E-N-O-R-A-H, and I think it is a seven, I think the lamp has sevens, it's a little U, and then it has seven tunnels of lamps, they call them lamps anyway, and then you stick candles in there and you light them, and then that is how you burn it. Um, during sacred times like Passover and things like that. And so right there, when the Lord made this strong statement, all of a sudden I wasn't seeing my room anymore. I was finding myself, this, this kind of landscape, it really was kind of scary because it just seemed to be a gray landscape, very plain. I don't remember trees or homes or anything like that, but I was here on Earth And I was standing so small on the ground and I was dressed, uh, you know, just for outdoors. Everything that I was wearing is like, you know, a jacket with another kind of jacket on top and and, and cargo pants and boots and everything. And I was standing on the earth so small and the sky was so angry. The dark gray blackish sky and the clouds were moving so fast, almost as if. When you record the sky for a long time and then you see how how storms build, so the clouds come in and they boil and they roll on each other and they get very black and then you start to see the lightning. There was no lightning, but the sky was so angry, black and gray and full of clouds moving fast like CGI in a movie. And then out of nowhere... um, Thunder was cracking, but before I go there, there was a huge and mighty and shining silver menorah lit against the sky. So the menorah was extending all the way here from earth, and I was looking at it from a very small perspective, because this thing was so great and so powerful and rose up from the earth. I mean, the stalk of the menorah alone was like a tree trunk, and it rose up its seven fingers towards the sky like that as if glory, grandeur, and might. And then all of a sudden there was this thunder crack. Pow! And lightning without light. You know lightning crackles. You can see it. There's the lightning. There's the little forks. There's the tendrils of the lightning. There was thunder and then lightning cracks a bolt with no light no no actual lightning flash and something in the heavens slashed that mighty menorah in two didn't slash it this way for the rest of this prophecy every time i say that the menorah was slashed it was slashed diagonally so that all the lamps fell all the lamps were slashed diagonally leaving just little stubs of them still stuck to the big bottom of the menorah. So thunder and then this lightless lightning bolt and the menorah was slashed in two. A deep jagged gash appeared across the whole menorah and it paused there for maybe half a second and then a sound like steel, steel girders screaming. And this thing slides off, and the top of the menorah that was slashed off the bottom fell, and it smashed down to earth. And while I'm standing and looking at this in shock, it's as if the plane of the earth changes, and I'm looking, same sky, different direction, or maybe just a different angle, same position, And I see again a mighty silver menorah but lacking lamps meaning that the menorah was not lit there were no candles in there please understand what God is showing here God is showing that there is something that looks like faith but there is no faith in it it is actually dark it pretends to light up the world but the real light of the world is Jesus Christ This symbolism is showing you that it is mighty, but there's no light. It is not a way of light. It is a way of darkness. And the Lord has cut it down in the first vision that I saw. Then I saw the whole scene again and the same mighty silver menorah carrying no lights rising up from the earth high into the sky. And this time this thing looked like a pitchfork that was challenging the sky. It didn't look so curved it looked kind of more more angled but it was still a menorah rising up as if challenging the very heavens itself and I heard God's voice so angry shout out please look because this time it is in bold letters I heard him shout out I will bend the menorah I will bend the neck and the back of their pride And this time I heard the same sound of steel being tortured under pressure. But instead of a slashed menorah, an unseen force in the heavens caused that massive thing. The entire neck of it with the lamps was bent until it was humbled next to the stalk. It was made to bend down like this and the head of seven upright lamps was pointed right down towards where the base was. And this menorah was not planted on the ground. It was lifted up into the heavens. When the head was completely bent, the whole menorah dropped out of the sky and it shattered. And right there, right there, as I came out of that vision, the Lord began to talk to me. Please listen. This word is for jews everywhere all over the world you are in europe you are here in the united states the largest population of jewish people outside of the land of israel itself you are in israel god is talking to you hear the words of the lord i will expose the jews in every walk of life and in every area where they are found you will hear of scandals upon scandals the biggest names the richest families The most powerful dynasties that have held power for countless years, they have exalted themselves above the whole earth, but I will lay them low in a pit and let times pass over them. I am the Lord. I change not. You cannot promote a lie and hide the truth forever. I will expose them and drag them down and let their crimes be uncovered wherever they may be. People will know who they are. The wealthiest families will be in the news for scandal and usury. You will see their faces on the news. Their scandals will pour out, and you will know I am the Lord. It's about 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock, I don't know. I didn't check my watch. But here is God showing me this mighty, mighty representation This representation is a people, a community, Yehudim, and at the same time, they represent a faith, a faith that no matter where you come from in this earth, no matter what your background is, no matter how learned you are, how woke you are, or how deceived you want to be, God is showing something that is perpetrating to be something that it is not. This is what the Father is revealing. He is showing something that has raised itself up to challenge the very heavens. And surely here on earth, you may not challenge this religion. You may not challenge this community. You may not speak unless they'll take away your movie endorsements. They'll take away your record endorsements. They'll take away your sneaker deal. They'll sit you down from the basketball team. They'll write about you in all the newspapers, and you will get canceled for speaking God's message is that he is going to expose Yehudim wherever they are in all walks of life. God's message is that the world should prepare to hear scandals upon scandals that Bernie Madoff and Jeffrey Epstein from this community were just the beginning. God's message is that the biggest names have come to the end of the road the richest families he says and the most powerful dynasties that have held power for countless years God's message says that they have lifted themselves up above the whole earth but now Yah, the father of all life the king of kings and the Lord of lords will lay them low in a pit and let times pass over them when the Bible says I will lay you low in a pit And let times pass over them that's just saying that you're going to die and then the years are going to pass over you that's times passing over you God says that he is the Lord and he does not change and this community cannot promote a lie and hide the truth forever Yah says that he will expose them and he will drag them down this means that people will be humbled when God is telling you here He says that I will expose them, drag them down, and let their crimes be uncovered wherever they may be. That means that if people are Yehudim in France and you're doing stuff there, maybe with the banking community, you're doing stuff there with the secret Nazis, you're doing stuff anywhere, the Lord says that scandal will find you and that you will be uncovered. Their crimes will be uncovered wherever they may be. So this is a worldwide breakout of scandals whereby you may hear a name in the press and think, I've never heard of that guy before. And yet God says that they'll be coming from the, from the wealthy families, the powerful dynasties. And I can share with you here something that the Lord revealed to me in 2022 that When you think about it, it makes sense, but at the time, it took me by surprise. The Lord said to me, Celestial, there is so much wealth here in America, and the people who own the wealth are not the people who are constantly in Fortune 500. They're not the people who are constantly in Forbes magazines. He said that there is money behind money in this country. And the Lord said to me that there are wealthy people here whose faces, the faces of the grandfathers have not been seen since 1911. Because these people are not like the ordinary people on the street. Ordinary people on the street are quite craven. You hunt attention and you love to be seen. You don't understand the value of privacy and keeping to yourself. Everything you think, you say it. It must be seen in a TikTok comment. You must make a video and show people. And powerful people are not like that. Powerful people not only understand the value of keeping your mouth shut, Powerful people have weaponized privacy, and that is why they can do anything outside of the sight of the media. If your grandfather has not been seen since uh, 1911, then that means that he has taught his daughters and his sons and their sons, 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 the value of privacy. And so you don't know who they are. You think it's the Rockefellers. You think it's the Vanderbilts. You think it's the Hiltons. You think it's Anderson Cooper and his background but you don't know who the money behind money is there is money in america that is silent there is money in all the mega centers of the world that is silent true money doesn't boast it doesn't wear prada on the chest like the poor people do true money understands privacy because privacy is power so true money doesn't strut and the lord was teaching me and saying to me my daughter They're people who are trillionaires, and yet they could put on loafers, khakis, an ordinary T-shirt, and a cap, and they would walk around in the mall in all the stores having the ability to buy and break and build that mall 500 times over and no one in the mall would know who they are. And that's because grandfather's face wasn't seen since 1911 and you've never seen the grandson's face. You don't know who he is. So when he comes outside, he's just ordinary Joe Schmo who has money to build and break down nations. But God says because of the scandals, people will know who they are You'll hear a name, you'll see a face, and you'll have no idea who it is, and then they will tell you the heiress daughter of someone who owns $500 billion or something like that. God is going to uncover. It's not only the pastors who are going to be made naked. So if you can't stand one pastor being made naked, I think you're going to have a stroke by the time the end times are over. There are secrets that bother the Lord. There are storylines that take place in the background that you can't research on TikTok and YouTube because the information is so carefully gatekept that you may die with your eyes never being placed upon it. But the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth looking for one person to trust. And I know that there are a few people out there that's so glad that he found me. People will know who the Yehudim are. And God says that the dynasties will fall, the rich families will be exposed, the biggest names are going to have their scandals. Because God says that Yehudim, you cannot promote a lie and hide the truth forever. You're going to be exposed and dragged down, and all your crimes will be covered. People will know who you are. The wealthiest families will be in the news for scandal and usury. Usury is a form of extortion that Jews claim they don't practice. Usury is a form of extortion that is completely limited to financial dealings. It's where you lend money out, but the interest that you charge on the money is so high that it's very easy for anyone to see that you basically want to put the borrower either in poverty or slavery or both. You will see their faces on the news. Their scandals will pour out. And you will know that I am the Lord. So I've seen two visions of the menorah, one where it is slashed. It is like a rooted tree rising up into the heavens and it gets slashed and all the unlit lamps fall to the earth and smash. And the second where the menorah has now begun to exalt itself into heaven, just like Lucifer. What is the verse I read at the bottom? The synagogue of Satan, those who say that they are Jews and they are not so then I saw another vision and this one was so real it really yeah it's really something I saw myself dressed like a curator in this vision I was the kind of woman that is hired by extremely rich people to travel the earth privately on their behalf and to source for them fine secrets and well-hidden arts I've spoken of this before the prophecy is called, The Center Will Not Hold. And in that prophecy, I was saying that when Russia comes here to invade America, one of, the, one of the benefits of it for Russia is that they are going to discover a lot of fine art, art that has completely gone missing in the art world things that people last saw in the 1800s and say oh you know this African tribe used to have this thing a solid head of gold and it was rumored to have gone missing during the invasion yeah it went missing it made its way to England and then when they when the English got broke they will just sell it here to a billionaire and it's in his basement and then Russia will get it this is the trail of ownership of things that have entire tribes of people all over the world crying and wishing they could get it back it's right here in the basements. For anyone who cares to know so I was a lady like this and I was wearing this really nice outfit of gray it was a gray skirt suit um, a smart gray top with a gray skirt at the bottom a suit and then it was belted with a belt that had a large gold buckle on the waist and I was wearing these thick sole shoes and black gloves that went just to the wrist and my job was to go about looking for private pieces that I could source for my owners and so I came to this art museum that I could feel in this vision this art museum is not open to the public this is not where the plebeians can come and breathe on the glass you are not allowed only certain people are invited to go into this museum and look at the carefully arranged pieces old arts famous arts lost arts and all that that what was in this place And I was wandering in between the exhibits from place to place, from room to room, until I came to the heart of the museum where there was a star exhibit. You will always know the central exhibit. In the museum, there will be a lot of lights shining on it. There will be tasteful and dimmed lighting. And so I was looking around, and then I came to the room where the star exhibit was. And the minute I saw it, I thought, oh, my. And I went in there. The place has specialized in tasteful and dimmed lighting so instead of overhead lights in that particular room every exhibit had these small little bulbs at different parts of the boxes remember an exhibit is always a strong base usually made of wood sometimes metal but it's usually wood and then the top will be like an aquarium a fish tank and sometimes they shine lights in there but these ones they had bulbs outside of the glass so the bulbs would at the various points of the glass would shine and then light up whatever it was. So most of them had well-placed bulbs, but this exhibit was not going with the small bulb technology. They had big spotlights shining on this thing. It was more lit up than every other exhibit I had seen up to that point, And it was sitting at this, the heart of the museum, a big steel gray menorah. It was not silver it was steel steel or iron a dull color not bright at all not shiny at all needing many lights to light it up because of how dull and imposing the metal was very huge menorah in a thick glass case this menorah was not as big as the two that I had seen in the sky because obviously it was contained in a building But it was still very big, and it was the centerpiece of everything else around it. So I'm standing and I'm observing this menorah. I'm just looking at it, and suddenly something slashed that menorah in anger. Something slashed it inside its protective glass case. I heard the strike before my eyes registered what had happened. And just like the first menorah in the sky that got slashed, The slash was diagonal, like that, and for a brief moment, the top of the menorah stayed in place on the bottom, but then with that same screeching sound when steel is under pressure, the top split slowly from the bottom and fell forward with a thump! a massive hit against the glass and I jumped back because I thought it would splash and spatter on me, but that was very strong glass. The menorah simply hit the front of the glass and then it slid down and crashed to the bottom. But I noticed that in all this commotion, and we know that museum exhibits are very sensitive, the alarm did not go off at all. I was looking in total amazement, but when I was in that third vision, Of a curator looking for pieces for my bosses I did not remember that I had seen two visions previously of the Lord of a menorah being slashed to pieces because it was exalting itself into the heavens and of a menorah being bent and humbled until its neck and its back were curved down because it was lifting itself into the heavens when I came out of this vision Lord said to me the menorah will be broken I will break the symbol of their pride tell the Yehudim you know me and you know my voice the day of your reckoning has come the day of your exposure is at hand thus says the Lord so you're listening to the prophecy Yehudim will fall January 1st to January 4th 2024 I have described three visions, and at the end of the third vision, the Lord said again, speaking of the menorah, the famous symbol of Judaism worldwide, the menorah will be broken, and he says he will break the symbol of Jewish pride. Tell all Yehudim, you know me, and you know my voice, and the day of your reckoning has come. Reckoning is when someone has been watching you for a long time, and Christians, you can learn from this. Because many of you don't listen, but if you do listen, you can learn from this. You think that the days of your life that you are living and the things you are doing, the words that you speak and the activities that you practice, you think that it's all under your control. You're like the proud in the Psalms who says that our tongue is our own, meaning we can say what we like and we'll talk about anything the way we want to. And you think that Jesus is not listening and that Jesus is not taking notes, but he is. The day of reckoning is when somebody has watched you for a long time. They've observed your ways. They've seen your comings and your goings. They've checked out the temperature of your heart. They know what you will do and say before you do and say it. And now they've made a decision about you. And now they're ready to share the outcome of that decision with you. However, when the decisions are positive, We do not call it the day of reckoning. A reckoning means that your actions have finally caught up with you, and now it's time to pay. And so, God says that the day of reckoning has come for Yehudim, and the day of their exposure is to hand. Thus says the Lord. Now today on January 4th, as soon as I woke up, the Lord said to me, you will make my prophecy today. As soon as you have time, make my video and tell them what I said. I will break and bend the menorah, the symbol of their jury. That is J-E-W-R-Y, another word that encompasses the whole of those who call themselves Jews. I will break and bend the menorah, the symbol of their jury, the symbol of their pride, I will bring them low to the earth and they will never have wealth again. Jews in America, Yehudim in the United States of America, thus says the Lord, you will never have wealth again. Your money will be taken by slave masters who will come for you and take you captive. You will try to flee, but you will not make it. You will not hide. I know you by your names and your families and your bloodlines. I am your old enemy for what you have done to my people. I will replace you with people who will spoil you and take what you have from you, and you will be humbled to the dust. The years of your glory are finished. You were the first, but did you not know my word? My word says the first shall be last the last shall be first and the first shall be last so says the lord you will flee but you will not make it i will drive you from my land and you will flee to the four corners of the world you will go to the four points of the compass and everything you own will be taken for spoil i will remove you from my fertile hills and valleys and take back israel my possession my homeland the heart of my affection, and you will not be seen in it again, thus says the Lord. So the Lord is sending a particular message here to Jews in two places. This is Jews in the United States, and then he speaks of Jews that are in Israel. God says to the United States Jews that he will take your wealth. Your money will be taken from you by slave masters that will come for you and that will make you captives now i'm not going to speculate who these slave masters are if the lord does not say something then i'm not going to make things up to make people comfortable here that's not what i do here god says you will try to flee but you won't make it you won't hide he says because he knows your true identities so us the people outside do not know your true identities i did speak of people from nazi germany that came here and changed their names and things like that but it might be something completely different, different that God is saying, he knows the Jewish families, he knows the Jewish bloodlines. And this is true. You can't hide anything from God. I'm your old enemy for what you have done to my people. So clearly the Jews have an enemy and they have humbled and done things to that enemy. And God says that enemy is actually his people and therefore he will requite their wounds upon Yehudim. I will replace you with people who will spoil you and take what you have from you to be spoiled means that an enemy will come upon you humble you and then the spoil is actually your possessions your houses your cars your gold watches your pins your safety deposit boxes your money and the things that you have hidden in the backyard and the things that you have in switzerland and only you have the key hanging around your neck all of that when it falls into the hands of your enemy that is spoil you will be humbled to the dust. This means to be brought low and also the process whereby you lose your life. The years for your glory are finished. You were, you were the first, but didn't you know that my word says that the first shall be last and the last will be first. You will flee, but you will not make it. And I will share here, just briefly, uh, a picture that the Lord will show me from time to time over the last four and five years. And I've never asked the Lord deeply about this. I know that there are people who stay up all day and all night and you have 500 folders of this stuff, and God bless you, but this is not my portion. What the Lord wants to talk about, he will talk about in his own time. And then I will wait until he tells me to speak. So the vision I would see from time to time when the Lord would be bringing up some aspects of this situation is just... Jewish people running across the earth in that familiar uniform. There are people who are Yehudim and they just wear civvies and they dress like everyone else. They live on the Upper East Side and they have tons of pots of money and it doesn't show that they are Yehudim. But there are Yehudim whereby it is very easy to see that they are Yehudim. They wear uh, what I would just call the the black and white penguin uniform, which is the black jacket, the white shirt, and the black pants, even the littlest baby boy will be wearing that and the yamaka, and then the women perhaps might wear something else but the men are quite distinctive and i would see this thing whereby you see a man with a very bushy black beard and he's holding just one of these you know these old suitcases from the old days not the soft suitcases that we have suitcases used to be very hard and square in those days he's holding something like that and he's holding a little boy by the hand And they are running so fast that the little boy's feet are not even touching the ground. It's almost like he's bouncing along as his father runs with all his might with the mother nearby holding another suitcase like that. I would see this thing and in my own mind privately, I would wonder what is it that could ever possibly happen to make Jewish people leave Israel? And I'm not here to provide any answers for that. The Lord has not told me, and I do not speculate. But here God is saying, I will drive you from my land, and you will flee to the four corners of the world. You will go to the four points of the compass, and everything you own will be taken for spoil. This is speaking to the Jews in Israel. God says, I will remove you from my fertile hills and valleys, and I will take back Israel, my possession my homeland, remember Jesus was born there, and in his man form, that is his homeland. And then in God's God's form, God always says that that is the place that his heart dwells. Upon the city of David, beloved Jerusalem, God's sacred city. He says, the heart of my affection, and you will not be seen in it again. Thus says the Lord. So this is the prophecy from today, January the 4th. And then since yesterday january the 3rd and today january the 4th this phrase has just been popping up in my sleep in my heart while i work while i walk and it is this sephardic jews now this this is this part is unknown to me sephardic jews i've just been hearing it at random for the last two days january 3rd and january 4th sephardic jews sephardic jews over and over over and over so i finally looked it up today And it refers to a smaller portion of modern day Jews who come from a Hispanic background, Spain to be precise. Now, I still didn't know what it meant because it kept coming. So after some time of hearing it today, preparing to make this video, waiting for my break, I finally said, Lord, what about Sephardic Jews? What about them? Do you have a separate word for them? And he was quiet. So I asked him again, and he said, no. And then I said, but why do you keep saying it then? And then he didn't answer me, so I left it. But then an hour later, I said, Lord, I am confused. You are saying their name because I did hear it. But I do not know what I am to say to them. Is If there is no word for them, then all I will do is mention that I heard Sephardic Jews But I will tell the people that there is nothing to say about them. And then the Lord said, this word is for them too. So this word that I am bringing to you now, covering January 1st to January 4th, 2024, is for all Yehudim. The last thing that the Lord added just before I began to make this message is, you will see them falling from their high places, falling from their palaces of grandeur, They will lose all their wealth on the stock market all their stocks and the bonds and the options that they have in these big companies will suffer in the economic downturn that is coming and the people who are most heavily invested in these big companies will take a hit they will fall in scandals and they will fall in exposes the yehudim will fall thus says the lord And you have heard the full of the prophecy Yehudim will fall january 1st to january 4th 2024 the lord gives me his message and i bring it forth by now if you are an old subscriber you will understand that nothing is going to be sugar-coated here for your comfort or for you to feel happy or even please understand for you to understand it's not necessary for me to make sure that you understand before I can prophesy. I don't work for the people out there. Go and read Ezekiel chapter 2, Ezekiel chapter 3, and Jeremiah chapter 1. And that is all you need to know about Celestial. The fact that God has called her, raised her, said a word in her mouth, and made her face like flint, so that even if there were only 32 people here once upon a time, and there are now many, many more that I cannot count, and even if the Lord will bring millions more, I made a covenant to the Lord, and it was very simple. When this channel was small, I said to the Lord, there are not many people here, but I will serve them as if they were millions. And that is because I'm working for you, God. I will work as diligently with 32 subscribers as I would as if they were millions. This work is from God to me. For you. And if you do not want it, I'm at peace with that. I've always said that you need to understand that it is your soul that you have and that you are playing with out there. My soul is locked in. I'm going with him all the way to the end. You may be a new subscriber. But there are many things that I have shared in these videos, and I make no bones about them because there's no need to lie to you. There's no need to pretend with you or deceive you. The Lord has said to me, celestial, you will see all your prophecies fulfilled. All your prophecies. So that means all the political prophecies that human beings can easily believe and say, I had the same dream. I will see them come to pass. And all the prophecies that people say, oh, I can't follow her anymore because she's speaking of Nephilim and giants. I will see them fulfilled. When the giants are outside in your street, on your neighborhood, smashing down your neighbor's houses, you will become filled with the understanding of what prophecy is, the speaking forth of a time yet to come. Some of you that complain will not even live to see what I'm talking about. I brought a prophecy here, a very heavy one, just a month ago. It has a brown covering and there's a pen writing on it and it's called Release the scrolls. Open the scrolls. And one of the painful things in that prophecy, which is a live call when I'm praying with people and the Lord just begins to bubble forth. One of the painful things that the Lord said is that by summer 2024, many people will not be here. Many people will not be around. You're arguing about things and saying, are they true or not true? And you won't even be here to weigh them when they come to pass. But I, I know who called me. I know what he told me to do, and as long as there is breath, time, and Wi-Fi, I will do it. I'm Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. You can follow along on any of the platforms, but you don't have to follow at all. Until I see you again, God bless you, and goodbye.